Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I'm sure by now you've heard the really sad news that Harris Whittle's beloved figure in the comedy community and frequent podcast guest um, passed away earlier today, Thursday, of an apparent drug overdose. I'm still in shock, um, which I imagine is how a lot of people feel. It's just he was 30 years old. Um, he was performing stand-up last night. It's just crazy to think that he's no longer here, and it, it's just it's it's tragic. Um, I had him on my podcast January twenty third, two thousand thirteen, and I've received a bunch of requests to repost the episode. So that is what I'm doing as a way to honor him and a way for you guys um, to either listen again. Or for people who perhaps aren't familiar, but who are hearing the news, to sort of get a sense that he was—he he, wasn't—he's not just a name in the news. He was a real person, and um, it's an interesting conversation. He really opened up about a lot of his struggles. He talks about drugs. He also talks about relationships. And anyway, you'll hear as you listen. It's just—I just can't believe it. Um, which I guess is uh, maybe the. I don't know, appropriate reaction for when someone who's so like young and talented and impishly charming is just suddenly gone. Um, Something that happened after the interview, which I thought was interesting. So this happened, I interviewed him in um, January of 2013 and then out of the blue in May of 2014, I received an email from him and it began, it was something like, Hey, this is funny. I promise. So don't get serious on me. Um, but then he went on to say that he had re-listened to the episode and, uh, you know, he, he had re-listened to the episode and he was talking about recreational drug use and I had kind of called him out on it. And anyway, fast forward to now where he just, you know, recently got out of rehab and he just wanted me to know that he was wrong and I was right, but he's, you know, doing, he's fine now and he hopes I'm doing great. And, um, I wrote back and, you know, I congratulated him on, on getting clean and said that actually, you know, recreational drug use isn't the thing that I think about when I think back to the episode Fish is, because he was a huge Fish fan. So that was that, and uh, I thought he was fine, and now he's gone. Here's the episode. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it's me, Allison Rosen, and welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. My guest today is Harris Whittles, author of Humble Brag and creator and curator of the Twitter feed Humble Brag, and a writer for like a zillion shows. And you've done some acting as well, yes? Uh yeah, a handful. I love acting. I wish I could do that um instead of writing sometimes, but I'm uncastable because I look like I'm 50 and 20. But you're actually 50 and 20. Yeah, at the same time. How do you do that? I don't know. I just I'm is that, I'm, is that the I'm perfectly you get? in between like a man and then like a college kid. Huh. 
What do you so, think? So you How mean, old do you think I look? I think you look like you're in your late 20s. Perfect. But I, I know think you that knew you're... that. Well, well, okay. I'm actually <laughs> If no. you just saw me, I wonder what you would have said. I would have said early 30s. Right. Exactly. But no, but what are you? Oh, so you're 28. 28. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's exactly what I thought you looked <laughs> That's like. what I try to exude with this, you know, right. casual hooded sweatshirt and my tennis shoes. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um... So, so wait, you go out for roles for 50-year-olds and they write – you give your feedback 50, that you seem too collegiate? 50 <laughs> is an exaggeration. I'm not quite at the level just like the dude, like the 35-year-old guy mm. who works at like a law firm or something on a right. sitcom. Right. Like your youthful there. exuberance. Yeah. And then you know, also maybe I'm just not uh, good and that's why I don't get stuff. But no, it's But not that's what that. I'm choosing to believe. It's my physical appearance. See, you know what I'm thinking, Harris? Hmm. If you if you were to lose your hair, yeah, you could get older roles. I know. Have you considered that? I am trying. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I was going to segue into wow, you're young and you've had so much success, but you're not that young. No, I I'm used to be a boy wonder, I think, and now I'm just a, a Jew writer in <laughs> Hollywood. What? What are some of the things – tell us Tell us some of the things you've written for okay, and are well, doing currently. I was – so I moved out here when I was 22 to Los Angeles. Out here from Texas, from right? From Texas. Well, I went to school in Boston, but mm. I'm from Texas. Emerson, where yeah. I didn't realize everyone went except everyone I meet went there. Hence, everyone went there. Everyone did go there. A lot of people went there for a very short stint. It's not as like David Cross went there for like five months, but everyone's like David Cross went right. to Emerson. But if you asked a lot of those people, they would say that he didn't. And then Dennis Leary, we had Leno. That's about it. See, those are more people than I know. I just mean people I personally know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. There. There's like this thing called the Emerson Mafia that's like – that sounds stupid. But yeah, it is like there's this underground society of people in LA that went to Emerson. Because and- it has a big – what broadcasting, performing? Yeah, it's media like a liberal arts school. They they have a really thing. good yeah yeah, yeah media arts right. program. Okay, um, so Texas, Texas, the mafia. Then you came mafia. out here. Out here, I was doing stand up, and then uh, Sarah Silverman hired me on her show like mm-hmm. right away when I was twenty two. Did she scout you? She saw me at Largo. We were doing the same show. And uh, she didn't scout. She was just like happened to be there and Mm -hmm. she saw me and I had a good set. And then she wrote me an email like four months later and was like, hey, remember me? And I'm like, yeah, I (laughs) worship you. I'm familiar with you. Um, And and she let me submit stuff to her Comedy Central show because basically I had no credits or experience. And so Comedy Central knew they could pay me. Nothing, and I would do it, and they were right. And so it they was just exploitative, had... not a great opportunity. Absolutely, but it was a great opportunity. I would have. It was like the best internship you could have. Like I learned so much that I was mm-hmm. just thrown into that. Did she know that? Did you know that you wanted to write? Yeah, yeah. I went to school for that, so okay. I did know I wanted to write. I just was planning. On, I was like nannying at the time, and I was doing stand up, and I was planning on. Um, doing the writer's assistant thing and like working my way up, and then I I got lucky and and got to write on that show pretty early. And then, you know, once you land on a show, it's not that hard to get to other shows, basically. Mm-hmm. So I've just been leapfrogging from I did that, and then went straight to Parks and Rec, and then did Eastbound and Down for a little bit. And now I'm back at Parks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then are you do you are, do you also are you developing your own show as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now I'm developing a pilot for 
Brian Baumgartner, who's on The Office, and it's I'm developing it with Greg Daniels, who adapted The American Office. Mm-hmm. And I'm just writing it now, and we're trying to get it in before the holidays. What's it about? It's about a guy who works at the Atlanta airport, and um, he's just been – he's like you know this kind of schlubby, average white guy who used to be great at sports and – and and had lots of friends and was just like used to winning and then for some reason just society kind of casts aside just the average dude and and but he still feels like he's the same guy so mm-hmm. he's trying to like win at life again but you know it's hard cuz he's just a guy uh and is that did you create that story I created that with Greg and and Brian yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then I'm But so, is there I'm just wondering like is there some piece of you in there uh yeah, there's a there's pieces of me in that, um, you know I'm I feel underdoggy sometimes, but yeah. especially like when I responded to it because I always felt that I was like good at sports and stuff, but I was always Not. I think I was good, but I was I'm small I'm like you know I'm five six now, mm-hmm. and I used to be much smaller, and all my friends would play football. And stuff, and I even played football in middle school, and I think I was fast and good, but I wouldn't. I was like Rudy, like I wouldn't get a chance to play. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the last like play of the season, eighth grade, they finally put me in. People were like, "Put Harrison, we're you know we're fine, we're winning." And then the quarterback missed the snap, and I never got to run it. And that's my tragedy. Wow, <laughs> wow! But the See, reality is, I would have fucking art. died if I. I would have if one person tackled me, I would have crumbled. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that I. That right. People doubted me. Yeah, they say they saved you that way. That's like the anti-Rudy story, though. It's, yeah, I know it sucks. That's like the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, it was horrible. You want to know something? I have never seen Rudy, and more and more, I'm feeling like it's a. It's like someone who. Well, I was going to say it's like someone who's uh, not familiar at all with the Bible, but no, it actually on. comes up more often than Rudy. Is this about the newsroom? No, but because I've seen the newsroom in context, contextually, I was going to say contextually in some weird, yeah. weird way. Yeah. Contextually, I have a sense of what happened, but like I had started to say before I took this weird detour, I uh, more and more I feel like not having seen it is going to prevent me from understanding a lot of conversations. Someone give me the cliff notes. Yeah, that's and true. I mean – I I love finding out what movies people haven't seen, but I don't I don't fault people for not having seen obvious movies. A lot of people are like, "What the oh, fuck? Obvious. You haven't seen 2001? I haven't seen 2001. Yeah. I started it. I what didn't finish. It was long, and I had shit to do. You know, I'm gonna see it one day. I haven't seen Casablanca. I haven't seen a lot of that shit. I haven't seen Citizen happens. Kane. Oh, though that one's good. I know, um, but you know, well, yeah, I know. I saw it in a class. I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. Yeah. You know what movie took me like four tries to get through? Hmm. Star Wars. Yeah, I can see that. It's not mm. great now if you watch it for the first. I don't know when you watch it for the first time. When I was a kid, but I couldn't get through it any of the times I tried to watch it as a kid. And then as an adult, I just as an adult. But when one could still rent a video from Blockbuster, so the a long time days. ago. Yeah, um, yeah, I rented the Star Wars trilogy because I was like, I've got. What I, kind I of girl to... were you? Were you like into boy shit? No, but I wasn't super into girly shit either. You just, I just it was like march to the beat of your own drum. Yeah, it's like that Linda Ronstadt song. Yeah. Um, I was. I'm trying to think. No, I wasn't. Did you like Easy Bake Oven and stuff? 
Yeah, yeah. I actually did like that. Um, I didn't like dolls, though, but I liked mm-hmm. stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. So I was a dork is what I was, but mm-hmm. not into, like, science-y techs. Although I was actually good at science, but I wasn't into, you know, nerd yeah. culture back when it was nerdy. Because now it's cool. Right. You know. Are you into it now? Um, Are you nerdy about stuff? Um, uh, nah, pop culture, maybe. Okay. But not um, – but I'm not – like, I remember – I was going to be on this comic book podcast mm-hmm. this is when I still lived in New York and I had to read all these comic books to do this segment on like a person who doesn't read comics take on these comic books, you know. So I was reading these comics on the subway and I was noticing I was getting a lot of attention for it because it's like a girl reading comics and I was thinking if they only knew how much this is not who I am <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, what kind of girl were you? <laughs> I was uh, – I loved dolls. Uh, Did you? Because no, I you know, I, I, I liked action. Dolls. I was a boy kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sister, I had an older sister, and so sometimes to hang out with her and her friends, because I would be bored just by myself. Sometimes they would do girl shit and like make videos, and like I rem- like I had to be the Swayze and like a dirty dancing recreation <laughs> that they did, right? Or, you know, shit like that. But, Is your sister older? Yeah, she's three years older. Mm-hmm. Do you guys get along? Uh, we do get a- along very well, but she came here for Thanksgiving and then recently sent me like an email saying that like we aren't as close as we. It was like a very sad, like kind of. I felt blindsided by it. Mm-hmm. How personal do we get on this show? Uh, extremely. Oh, okay. as personal as you'll get. <laughs> Tell me more about this email. No, she just doesn't think that I like call and and reach out to them or to her and that she feels like we used to be actually like friends and now it's like we're just family that sees each other mm-hmm. on the holidays. Which I don't – you know, I'm just – it's hard. When you're out here and you're busy, you kind of forget right. to keep in touch with people. Well, you're Hollywood now. I'm Hollywood, baby. Um, <laughs> so you you haven't been feeling the same? No, I didn't know. I it, it, it came out of nowhere to be honest. But I – when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I guess I could be a better brother. And so I wrote her an email and, you know, we're good. Well, that's nice that you yeah. didn't get defensive. I think my first reaction sometimes – Depending on how it's worded, would be like, no, there's nothing wrong with me. Oh, and then you I'd know. Be like, oh, you did. Well, I what I tend to do is like admit my fault and then say, but listen, I don't communicate with most of my best friends that live outside of Los Angeles. And she's like, okay, yes, I understand that, but I'm telling you what's wrong, and do you mm-hmm. choose to try to change or not? I'm like, yeah, fine. Right. So yeah. So now you're okay with it. Now, now I'm fine. Yeah, we're we're good. It was a big trip. She met my girlfriend for the my family met my girlfriend for the first time. It was a big, um, yeah, like emotional. And her boyfriend came in, and we did it with their family for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always been just like in recent years, just the four of us, my immediate family, mm-hmm. and this it was like this big family fun thing again for the first time. So we all had a good time. But, now, is your does your family welcome uh, new people in easily, or is they, there sadness? No, they love it. My parents are more hard on um, my sister bringing a guy than they are with me and a girl. Because mm-hmm. I feel like with it's kind of old fashioned, but they're like, they're that guy is going to have to provide for my daughter at some point. Mm-hmm. And with me, it's like the girl just has to be nice and not be an asshole and be. Hot, I guess. Yeah. Not hot, but cute. Um, Your family wants you to be with someone who's hot. I think my dad probably does want me to be with someone that's hot. Yeah. But uh, 
yeah, so it was good. And and they actually like my sister's new boyfriend. They haven't liked a lot of her past ones. What kind of guys has she dated? Well, she was like in this phase where she was dating like dudes in bands and and bartenders and stuff. Oh, yeah. And like this was the first phase. time out of that. What does he do? He uh, is like a designer, website designer and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's a very nice guy and, and – uh, it's great. So hopefully something happens. And uh, and what what's the deal with your girlfriend? My girlfriend is a, a musician, and um, she's great. And it's been like six months. This is like the longest, healthiest thing I've had. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Congrats! What kind of people did you date before? Um, a lot of them. No, I well, uh, hmm. I I, heard, I have to tell you. Okay. I say this like it's going to be a bad thing. It's Uh-oh. not really. No, um, I, I heard you were a player from someone, <laughs> and I, I'm going to have to go back and say, how? Did, where did you hear that? But I feel like because he listens to a lot of podcasts. The has person that told up? you this, yeah, has this come up on podcast? Yeah, it's come up on a few. I, I don't know where this reputation came. Okay. I'm very so open about my sexuality and like what I've done with, and also I do. I hook up with girls, but that's probably where it's, it comes from. It's now. in a quest to find a relationship. Mm. It's All not, players feel that way. But I, I'm, I'm legit. That's true. I, I found a girl that yeah. I've settled down with and that usually is how it goes. I'll be with someone for like a year and then between the, that and the next thing, I'll mm-hmm. hook up with a fair amount of girls and I'll talk about it on podcasts and then people are like, oh, he's a player. But I think a player is someone with with intentions of I just want to hook up. Right. I don't. I, I like – I want to get married and have kids one day. I'm like into that. Mm-hmm. But also I love fucking – I love fucking. You love fucking. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Do you say uh, things like oh, this like – me, oh my. I really like all women. No. Because I um, – I've heard men say things like that before, like just talk in general about how like they just love women. And to me that always makes me go, ugh. Yeah, I don't know what There's that, something yeah. strangely – objectifying about that statement even though it's an attempt to show how like down with everyone they are yeah i don't know that's gross to me too yeah i like some women yeah i hate some women what makes you hate them (laughs) (laughs) what's something you hate what's something i hate yeah i hate when um when you're with a girl and she goes i'm bored (laughs) you're fucking boring that's not my problem yeah guys do that too i don't like anyone that if you can't like entertain yourself or like you know it's not i'm not it's not my job to sing and dance for you Mm -hmm. but uh so i hate that um what else do i hate do you hate humble brags yeah i humble brags i obviously hate now, for the um, listener who's been living under a rock, not watching Rudy, but <laughs> but if there's another one besides me, explain what a humble brag is. Okay, so a humble brag is um, it's like a brag that that whoever's bragging they try to do it in a self-deprecating way to not feel to not make it seem like they're just outright bragging. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's pretty you can see it very clearly, and a lot of people do it, and it's very annoying. Um, I don't have a good example off the top of my head, but um, when someone says like, um, even well, I could even being in one out of a book. oh we've we had have... it we're on the tarmac for two hours even in first class this sucks yeah a lot of like that's one you know um let's see okay I don't know who this person is David mm-hmm. Yelland. Mm-hmm. 
Saw someone leaf through my novel in Waterstones earlier, and, and then asterisk, put it back on the shelf, asterisk. Hashtag, I'm still following them, call the police. Uh, so that's his book, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or um, So that the brag there is like, hey, I'm an author and my book is in stores. Yeah. And then the humble part is, oh, but this guy, I saw him put it back. And I think my comment for that was, are you just hanging out? Are yeah. you just lurking in your section at a bookstore waiting to see if people buy your book, you weirdo? <laughs> right. Um, OK. Or Van Durham. I was told I saved someone's life today, but really I was just doing my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of shit on pe- people on Twitter like, ah, come on. He's a cop. Come on. And I'm like, I don't care. That's a fucking humble brag. I like the chapter weird, awkward, surreal because mm-hmm. the words weird, awkward, surreal often yeah. follow humble brags. That's a very like shorthand way of of getting a humble brag out there is like, OK, I'm just going to say my brag and then just say, it. oh, isn't that weird? That's like for the mom on the go or something. <laughs> she can just throw that in. Yeah. Weird to hear myself right now on Sirius XM while driving down Sunset Boulevard. Uh, and then you wrote, what is it about Sunset Boulevard that makes this, this scenario particularly weird for you, friend? <laughs> um, yeah. The book is very oh, funny. So I think everyone should go out and get it. I, I enjoy your commentary. I got to update the bit. site more. I kind of like – once that book got out there, it was like I gave birth to it and then I – well, it's not a good analogy because you immediately care for your baby after that. This not is like everyone. I gave birth to it and then threw the baby away. Right. Right. This is like a, um, like, like a I prom toilet baby. Yeah, you know when you're just like in it and then you just kind of mm-hmm. check out after like uh, – Yes. Know. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if it's true or not. All good stories start that way. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not. But I've heard that after um, people on Broadway get really good reviews, they often – like the, the show following a great review will often be a stand-in. Like they don't show up for work that day or something. I don't know why but I'm just wondering – Interesting. If like, like they don't want to jinx it or something, may- maybe or, like I don't... they don't want to have their go out on top, or they want to. Yeah, or may- yeah, I think maybe there's some extra pressure or something. Yeah, for I sure. don't know. I don't know. But um, okay, so yeah, the thing that I dislike about humble brags um, is the dis- disingenuousness, disingenuity. Mm-hmm. That both, both, they of both them count of it. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Is that like what gets you about it? Like the, I hate the idea that someone's like thinks they can out. In general, when I get the sense that someone's trying to outsmart someone, mm-hmm. that that uh, dynamic yes. bugs me. Yes, that is very annoying. I guess what I hate the most about it is like, why are you telling us this? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to make people envy you or feel bad about themselves? Because that's pretty much the result. Right. And I recognize that like this is. It's a lot of it is jealousy. Like when I started this account, it was probably jealousy on my part. When I'd see someone be like, "I'm starring in a TV show," or whatever their thing was, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, "I hate that." But even beyond that, I hate that you're telling me that and making it seem like it sucks for you. Like it's just the right. whole ball of terribleness. Right. But then I started thinking today. I'm like, but really, what is Twitter for? I yeah, I don't know. Um, Argue uh, to tell people that you're at a store, at the grocery <laughs> store, I think yeah. is its main right. goal. Tell people what you had for lunch. Mm-hmm. I remember when Twitter first started, everyone who hated Twitter would be like, I don't care what you had for lunch. It's like, who is actually tweeting that? That's what Instagram is for. I know. And also, it's just, I'm, it's, I'm getting tired of 
reading it's 140 characters you can only do so much mm-hmm. it's all feeling the same to me and also as a comedy writer i'm starting to feel like oh anyone can do this yeah it's really shined a light on that comedy writing is like maybe easy easier than i thought because everyone's making jokes and everyone's are they funny though? within within 10 minutes of like the debates a- any joke that i could have written or that you would have seen on Letterman's monologue has been made a thousand times on Twitter by yeah. just people. And it, it kind of – it's like – It's, it's a killed race. comedy. It's killed comedy I think because yeah, there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. There's nothing left to comment on with Twitter. There's a million people commenting at every second of the day. What's left? What I don't particularly – or what something that makes me go ugh. Um, but then a lot of things do, is that what is considered funny on Twitter, like if you go to Favestar or those accounts where the certain tweets get a ton of attention, mm-hmm. there's a certain type of Twitter comedy that I don't find that funny. <laughs> and I will begin to dislike the people who are very popular in that Twitter kind of comedy. And then I think, why am I mad at this person I've never heard who lives in Canada? Yes. I'm not talking about Kelly Oxford because she's <laughs> here now. Um, but why am I mad at this this person? He's just trying to be funny. But it's like – I wish- Why are you mad? Let's Let's get into it. Is it's it? like, oh, you think you're so clever. It's their, it's their never subtle jokes. It's always like, um, like trying to eat a banana. I will crush you, my friend. That's like a not even a good example, but it's like weirdly, it's. I've there's a lot of like it's a lot of giving voice to inanimate objects or talking to them or <laughs> like um, yeah yeah I, I know what you mean. I need to come. And then there's also like dirty for dirty sake, which I don't. Yeah. That's popular. It's like I punched a ninja in his dick, and like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like or or like um, I just, but like instead of a ninja, it could be like I punched a a, a teddy bear in his dick. Like, yeah. like don't try to fight me, Teddy Ruxpin. And it's like, or, I mean, that, these are not good ones, but it's that tone. It's clear that you're like. <laughs> Really, you're really talking about someone very specific. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, know what? It's so clear. I should, lo- I should look him up. Um, Gary had a question about humble brag. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I love humble brag, and Thank I you. occasionally like will be sitting at my Twitter thing when you go on a retweet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, barrage. Yeah. And uh, it always seems like it's such a wide range of people yeah. that I, I can't imagine you follow all these people. So, oh, I don't. So, I... do people email them to you? Or are you searching for yeah, specific it's... words? Like, what, how do you do it? Well, it's pretty much people emailing at this point. It was at, when it started me searching for it and then I started getting enough email submissions that I could just rely on them. And that's how you get the wide variety and it's great. Yeah, it's way better that way. I mean it, it's – But for it's every always... like one good one you get, you get 30 email submissions that don't work. Oh, I, I bet. I mean – So having to sift through those has be this is a humble brag, but it has become homework and I just have like – it's thousands of emails in my inbox that the longer I let it sit there, the more scared I am to tackle it. Like the wall is, is just yes. going to – Is there like a public email address that you give out to people if they yeah. want to submit or is it just your friends? Yeah, it's humblebrag at gmail.com. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I also on Twitter gave out my personal email address. I said you can email me at harriswhittles at gmail.com as a joke because I thought that would be funny. And, and what happened? And I, well, I said I – said, <laughs> and then my coworker – Megan Amram, who has like a gajillion oh, she, she followers. She's very funny. She's Hilarious. very funny. She told everyone – she retweeted that and then said, send dick pics. And I got <laughs> – I mean I still get them every – like that was months ago and I'm still getting them. So joke was on me. <laughs> um, I thought it would be interesting. Just like oh, I want to see what happens. 
Okay. So, Gary, could you um, do me a favor and just find – look up Favestar and find, like, the most fave tweets? Um, okay. So outside of Twitter, though, when people are being dis- – I'm choosing the things that bug me – disingenuous or trying to outsmart people or um, just lying sort of, is that is that something that bothers you? Outside of oh, just yeah, like just in like life, in ter- in per- yeah. Is that something? Yeah, of that- course. I don't. I hate it. Yeah, I don't even really like going to parties anymore because because it's like fifty conversations that are that. Mm-hmm. I just want to like talk to like my actual friends that I'm real that I have like real conversations with. Right. Yeah, and that aren't trying to like brag in some weird way. Um. I guess I, that's also I don't like small talk. I just don't like small talk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anyone who loves it. Um, hang on. Okay. This is working well because now I'm um, taking time away from my conversation with you to be looking at this No, but thing. this is worth it. Um, okay. We're looking at Favestar. See, the, but the, so these are the top tweets of all time. So there's not going to be a lot of jokes, I bet. It's no. Gonna be a lot Maybe of... we look at tweets of the day or something. That was yeah. one of the things on the side. Because that's going to be just like very sincere things about yeah. Hurricane Sandy and stuff. Um, uh, well, OK. Here's one. All right. Puts on leather jacket, lights cigarette, combs my little ponies. In general, I'm not a big fan of <laughs> tweets that are only actions. Like, are you writing <laughs> right, a script? Right, right. A very, very a tiny script. <laughs> OK. Go down a little more. Um Nah, that, that's uh, um, mm. <laughs> this is just a lot of silence. Yeah. Okay. If you see something <laughs> that makes me mad, let me know. Um, uh, now these are these are okay. Yeah, these are fine. Yeah. I uh, but to answer your previous question, I don't know what Twitter is for. I think I don't know. Stop trying nah. – you know what? OK. Let's not do this because it's distracting me too much. Sorry. Bad, <laughs> really bad idea, me. OK. Um, but you said – so you were like kid – you were a boy wonderkind. You were just a wonderkind. That's like I'm making a joke about – I'm not being sincere about that. But No, I know. But you had success young and now you feel like you're sort of becoming the, no, the normal age for mm-hmm. this. Yeah. How is that affecting you? Um, it makes it feel like more – I got uh, – Mm. I still really like comedy, but like it does feel just more like a job, like it's a grind now. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I just go into work every day, and this is my job is is writing the show. It feels the same as going into just an an office and just working, and then you go home at the end of the day. And before it was all very exciting, and I was like, I'm gonna, this is great, great thing. Uh. This all sounds humble braggy because no, I I'm, I'm am very you. thankful for where I am in my life. Yeah, of course. Um, but you know, obviously, you do anything for a long amount of time, and it becomes just more normal. It's just right. what your life is now. It's not as exciting as when I was 21 and I got to be in a writer's room with Sarah Silverman, and it was cool. And I was young, and you know, I just got out of this shitty job, and a lot of my friends were in shitty jobs, and mm-hmm. now we're all just kind of doing. This right. and it's just normal. Right. Well, like for me, I had um, success as a writer, journalism, very young. Like very young, I was writing for People and Rolling Stone, and it was like 
I how, felt like how'd you do that? Okay, so I started writing for the Los Angeles for the L.A. Times when I was in high school, mm-hmm. uh, and then I started writing for a little music magazine. Right you when submitted I, an article. Yeah, they had a um, like a, a a high school section or mm-hmm. a teen section, and um, they published my stuff. Oh, okay. And then um, I one of, one of the articles that I did was about. Um, it was about Orange County bands. Mm-hmm. Try, I grew up in Orange County. Okay. So it was about bands and pay to play and um, and the music scene and some stuff in L.A. as well. Did so you then, have to talk about No Doubt? This is before – well, they they were Inland Empire at this point. Oh, they okay. were from Orange County, but they yeah. were like playing in the Inland Empire a lot more. No, but, the, but I wrote the first uh, national cover story on No Doubt. In Access Magazine, and you know their video uh, for "Don't Speak." Sure, the peaches, the photo shoot. Sure. Yes, well, the in the photo shoot, they took a photo of all of them, and then they made Gwen huge, and they mm-hmm. made the guys really small. Yeah, and I was I was told, I don't know if it's true, that that was the inspiration for that video. I think. Oh, which interesting. Which is weird that I like I'm bragging about that, although it's kind of a bad thing. But I had nothing to do with the photo. You didn't take the photo, no. or. Yeah, I was there. I mean, I interviewed LA. them at the fo- at that that right, day. Right, but right, yeah. Right. Um. Anyway, so yeah. So I so then I started uh, writing for this little they music do that magazine. In, in, uh, Almost Famous too. Anyways, yeah. Did you see the movie Almost Famous? I did. When the T-shirts come out and they're right. all the band is small on the back. Mm-hmm. It's a common thing for a band, I guess. Exactly. But go on. So sorry. it probably wasn't that. It was probably just their feelings that Gwen was getting all the attention. Yeah, I mean, but also it wasn't that a lot because her and Tony's breakup too. There was like all that weirdness. Mm-hmm. Yes, she had just met Gavin when I interviewed Right, them. so like, Tony was bumming out on like a whole different level anyway. Right, right. There's many layers and levels to him. <laughs> so anyway, then I started writing for a little music magazine uh, and then I wrote for different magazines and newspapers in college. And then when I graduated, I just sent my clips to a bunch of papers and magazines and things. Mm-hmm. And I figured I'm just going to start at the top. And if that doesn't work, then I'll go to the smaller ones. But someone from People called me, an editor there. And then um, like a year later, I sent them out again and someone from Rolling Stone called me. Oh, crazy. Started doing that. Um, but I thought this was going to be like, oh, my life and career is made. Yeah. But that wasn't quite the case. No, I mean, you... I, I was just a freelancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But you felt the same way then. Well, yes. I felt like, oh my God, I found a magic shortcut mm-hmm. to yes. everything that everyone – like I don't ha- – all that crap that everyone else is doing. And then – um, and, and like, I don't mean to sound like I am not appreciative for all of that because it was <laughs> great and it you know definitely helped me with everything I did. But there was still a, a lot of dues paying that I had to do mm-hmm. and – um, do people – did they resent you because you didn't uh, pay your dues? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, yeah, but I remember starting you know, a couple of different jobs and people thought I was an intern and it's like, no, I'm actually an editor. <laughs> and, right. Uh, but I think I began to feel like I was lo- – as I got older, I began to feel like I'm losing my edge. I was so far ahead of everyone and mm-hmm. now I, it's not s- – you know, what I'm doing is special, just like what everyone's doing is special. Right. But it's not special because I am 21 Yeah, anymore. that's exactly – like I was – and this is something that I always felt in my life. Like I was always funny to my sister's friends, the, mm-hmm. her older friends and the older kids at school because it was like, oh, this young guy saying all this adult shit. It was yeah. funny because I was just like I knew about all sex and drugs and all that at an early age. And then you get older and then you're – that's not 
that's not novel anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you kind of have to readjust why I'm funny a little bit. So how do you answer that question now? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess I try – I don't know. I don't know how I'm funny. Am I funny? Yeah, I think you're funny. Cool, thanks. <laughs> See ya. I think uh, just honesty and comedy, mm-hmm. that's all that you can – who said that like the only way to be unique in comedy is to be yourself, right? No manager I ever worked with. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the You're the only – literally the only person on earth who has that brand yeah. of comedy. Yeah. Do you still do stand-up? No, I can't anymore. I love it, but I haven't done it in like six months because I uh, have been writing on parks and then I go home and I try to write this pilot and mm-hmm. I was doing the book and it's just like I didn't have time to right. do that. And I was canceling on a lot of shows because we never know when we're getting out of parks. It's up to my boss every night. Sometimes it's like 10. Mm-hmm. Is um, writing on a show, is it a bunch of people sitting around laughing all the time like I want it to be? It kind of is actually. Uh, I guess it depends on the room. It's – yeah, it's really fun. I, they're the funniest people and we just try to make each other laugh. They're professional. They're the best professional comedy writers I know and, mm-hmm. and it's great getting to be with them. Um, my friend Neil has a joke about like how in like when a good bit in a comedy room is going well, people are like laughing and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what if this happens? And in a drama room, if it's like people are crying and then you try to build on that. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, and then <laughs> – what if he dies? I don't know. It's stupid. Makes Would you ever want to write for a uh, drama show? My drama? dream is to write a horror movie. What? I would love to do that. I think I could kill it. I know that I cannot. I know that I can't, but I think I can. It's like someone that says – It's like being 50-20. Yeah. <laughs> it's like someone that thinks they can do comedy because they're the funniest guy at the office and mm-hmm. then they go to an open mic and they bomb. But – I look at horror movies and I'm so good at judging them. Like, you <laughs> fucked that up. That's so stupid. I know I couldn't do any better, but I think I can. Uh huh. So Are you sure you couldn't though? I mean, I, I feel know, like you have the could... bona fides too. Yeah. Well, hope we'll see. I. That's what I would love to do. Do. Are you a horror fan? Love it. What's your favorite? I love like campy stuff. I mean, I you know Freddie. I grew up on and Jason and that. I but newer I like like The Descent and The Ring. Those are cool movies. And how does all of this not frighten you? Because I'm someone who I can't it watch. Does. Okay, but you enjoy that? <laughs> no. All right, I don't understand. <laughs> this is I so rude. I I like being able to feel anything at this point. Oh oh, so you're dead inside. You're one of those? Yeah. No. No. I'm. I'm well. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Um, I mean, okay. Does it? I think I'm pretty even keeled, and it's like I feel like I've seen everything, and it like when something new frightens me or like makes me feel weird, just like in anything, it's exciting. Like I, I just feel like I've seen it all. But does the okay? So it frightens you while you see it, but do you take that home with you? There, hmm, yeah. If I see like the strangers or funny games, which was awesome. And I come home to an empty house that's dark. It freaks me out a little bit. And you like that? No, but yes. Oh my God, it's kind You're of exciting. Such a paradox. I know. I I am. But aren't we all? 
Are we all? Yes. No. Some people, I eh, I feel like they're – to me, they're not. To me, you're a paradox. There's some people where I can be like, I get you. Right. Goodbye. Yeah, I don't get me. I'm yeah. a whole bag of troubles, kiddo. Mm. I see how you're a player. It's all making sense. Are you in therapy? I was. I go into therapy after every big breakup for like three weeks. Then I'm like, all right, I'm better. And mm-hmm. then I'm not because I just bring all my bullshit into the next relationship. But then I realized I'm OK and it was the girl. It's just those relationships were bad. I am fine now. I think I'm fine. off on that? No. The therapist <laughs> did not sign off on it whatsoever. I should definitely still be in therapy. Because they always say you're supposed to go when things are good. Because mm-hmm. that's right. That's really hard, though. That's, I know. Because who wants yeah. to go fucking right delve into something when you're feeling good? Yeah. Well, okay. So, so, so. How often do you go to therapy? Um, I was in therapy, and then when I moved back to California, uh, I was in New York for eight or eight and a half years, and then when I moved back, I couldn't find a therapist well it's a long story but I wasn't in therapy and then just but I was talk. I would have like a phone session with my New York therapist periodically mm-hmm. and then just recently after I meant kept saying it on the show that I should get back into therapy I finally made myself get in touch with someone um, so I went to her twice and I really liked her but then I felt like I really needed to go and she didn't have any openings so I I just made a phone appointment with my New York therapist and then I was like oh it's so easy talking to her because I don't have to start from scratch and she gives me more time. The other one is that like a real therapist who mm-hmm. will actually be like, okay, we need to wrap up, you know? <laughs> um, so now I don't know what I'm going to do. So now I have two, but I mean, ideally weekly, but that's not, I haven't been doing that for years. Well, I think that's fine. I think you're, you're, um, you seem self-aware enough to n- what does therapy do for you? It just like makes me feel okay. It, it, it makes me feel It tells better. you your problems and it doesn't make you fix them. You go, oh, I recognize that, right? Oh, you mean what is it? What is there? What like, does therapy do for someone in general? Or in do you general, mean, okay. In general, I think if there's a certain behavior or a certain pattern you've identified in your life that you want help changing, it helps with that, right? And but only you can change it. True. But what I'm saying is, I think that you. As someone who has a podcast and someone who is a writer, you probably have a firm grasp on your patterns, right? You spend yeah, well, a lot of time thinking about them. I, th- I spend a lot of time thinking about myself, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think – but I think moreover me as someone who has been in therapy for a while, even though I'm not currently in it, I had – have a lot of therapy already. You have the tools. Yes. You know. Yeah. But I do get really locked up on things like – I'm feeling this way about this situation, but I don't know how to tell the person this. Like I have a lot of trouble with being direct and with – even just this morning, um, as I was leaving the apartment, I said to my boyfriend – because he's like, you know what I might – I'm like, you know what I might do? Like something something he was going to do while I was gone. And I was like, oh, you know what we should do? We should put the lamp together. He's like, I get your hint. And because we bought this lamp that – and I wasn't – I don't even know if I was so aware that I was asking him to do it while I'm gone. <laughs> but – and then he's like, just ask me. I like it better. That's I interesting. prefer it. And, but that is something that you wanted. You kind of did want him to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been wanting it for for a few days, but I, I haven't 
been able to say, could you put the lamp together? Because I'm thinking, well, why should he necessarily put it together? I could just, I could put it, I don't want to, but I I could do that as well. It's not impossible. It's not too heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, So you recognize this on your own. Well, he, yeah, but he said it, but then I felt bad. Like, yeah, why didn't I? But mm-hmm. so, but that's not the mm-hmm. best example. But just in general, a lot of things I have trouble communicating because I'm, I don't know that I have the right to say whatever or I feel weird about it or whatever. So I just get really like locked up and weird. Okay. And so I think for me, therapy helps just kind of giving me sort of a sense of what is appropriate oh, okay. communication, I guess. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a problem with that. So you can just be an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do you ever uh, stop before you say something? Uh, no, I don't think I do. Yeah, that's I don't good. Think I have that setting. See, I am. Um, I'm always worried about hurting people's feelings, but then I wonder, or is it that I just want to be liked? They're kind of the sure. same. Well, I don't yeah. know. Hey, we're all out here in L.A. We yeah. all want to be liked, right? So, right. Uh, well, so what happens when when you break up with someone that makes you go to therapy? Well, what happens is I end up – usually I end the relationship or try to push them away because I feel too stifled mm-hmm. and then want them back. And then they go, no, you broke up with me. And I go, come on, please. Don't make me kill myself. Do you really say that? Yeah, I say like crazy shit. Anything to get them back? Yeah, yeah. Do you mean it? No, I've never killed myself. But I and have you done any? Have you acted out in that way though? Well, I I take like drugs and stuff. I take a lot of pills. Right <laughs> now, I just do it for recreation. Not not right. sadness. Okay, I guess it's always about sadness. Anyways, um. <laughs> no, no, keep, this is good. <laughs> so that's what, usually what kind of pills. Um, I like um, opiates like Vicodin and oxycodones and stuff like that. Okay, ma'am. Um, Some Xanax. What are you on right now? At this moment? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Last night I took uh, some Vicodin. So it's so you don't do it when you're working though? No. Okay. I do it on weekends mm-hmm. to so, fall asleep. I only do it. I don't go out on it. Do you guys drink in the writer's room? Mm, I've, I've heard before that there are writer's rooms where they you know drink wine or whatever. I was just curious. No, we're not one of those rooms. We've there's been a few Fridays that we'll just like drink for whatever reason, but we're a drinking room. We when we go out together, we get quite hammered on retreats and stuff. There's a lot of tequila. Mm-hmm. Um, what were we talking about? We were talking about how you <laughs> threatened suicide to get someone back, and then I was trying to find out how like real that is. It's completely real. Um, well, that you say it, but do you do you ever? But you've never tried to do it? I've never tried to kill myself. But when you feel that like pain and you feel like you can't – you'll never recover from mm-hmm. it, like that level and that no one has ever felt this amount of heartbreak, you feel like I do want to end it. And mm-hmm. I've never taken steps to do so. But I have felt like I will never get over this. I My life without this person is end, is meaningless. And especially when she starts dating someone that you know and you can picture them and someone that I think is funnier than me, that – I Did mean this, this – Yeah, this happened. It reminded me of this like when Chris Farley broke up with – or he got dumped by a girl and then she was dating someone else and he's like, well, he might be more handsome and he might be richer than me but he's not funnier than me. And mm-hmm. someone's like, it's Steve Martin and he's like, <laughs> fuck. 
that's how I felt with this person. Who, Without divul, I can't, you can't really divulge it okay. on the air. But after, why? Well, because it is someone. I mean, it's someone that is someone that right. people know. And you don't want people. You feel like it. Like who would be? Hurt I was the by cuckold. Saying well, I, I, it's not my right in a relationship. I only have fifty percent of the rights to talk about it. I feel like. But I feel like in this situation, you, you you're the one who uh, like they all come out fine if you were to say their names. You're the one who you're saying you think this person's more funny than you. Oh right. Well, that's yeah. I know. But you don't. You feel unfair doing that, that to her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, drats. I know. I can tell you. Uh, this is the worst because when I listen to podcasts or radio, and someone does this, and there's this build up, and you just want them to to just say, say it. it. Yeah. I will say that the girl was on SNL. Okay. Okay. That's all I'll say. So people can do math from that if they want. Okay. But you'll just tell me off the air, sure, because that'll be easier. Sure. Um. Fabulous. All right. So now, but does that happen? That that uh, despair. Do you feel that at, with every breakup? Yeah, I feel. Um, and that's what when I went to therapy, they're all like, "Did you have a? Did your mother abandon you?" And I'm like, "No, my parents were married. My mom was very loving towards me." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "At some point, there is a separation." That's what they all say. And I'm like, "I don't know when that separation happened." Uh, the only reason or the only like time I could think it was like in middle school when I started doing drugs, I got more distant from my parents. And then they said, well, my therapist was like, you – um, when you when you were like that age, that's when you start like really feeling emotions and you were numbing them already. So you never learned how to deal with pain. That's what th- – they told me. Mm-hmm. So I learned that from therapy and I, I kind of got it and I kind of agreed with it actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why I don't really go. But it's just – it's circumstantial heartache. That's why I go to therapy. Um, when you're in the relationship, how are you feeling? Uh, in the relationship, it's great at first and then um, at a certain point, I, I, I get tired of it and that's usually after – like a couple months mm-hmm. or I don't know, a few months. And then I stick with it and then it gets better again sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But like this time in this relationship, I haven't gotten tired of it yet. So that's how I know it's good. Now, what's – but I'm wondering what's different about this one do you think? This one is um, – it's very give and take on each side and it wasn't in the other ones. What were the other ones like? Uh, I feel like it was very – well, just in terms of the last one, it was very about her 100 percent. Like you were giving and she was taking? Yeah. And she's – yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how did you get into drugs so young? Um, that was probably from my sister to a certain degree. Because she had like these boyfriends that like or her friends would just like smoke pot in our backyard and then I would come out there and be like, hey, little guy, let's get you fucked up. And I would be like, all right. And then I really liked pot and me and my friends smoked a lot of pot and from in seventh and eighth grade. And then 
in high school, that's I went to like this weird arts high school, and then that's where I got introduced to like hallucinogens and loved like mushrooms and LSD and went to raves and was doing ecstasy, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then I got I met the band Fish, and not I didn't meet them, but I went to a show yeah. and met their music, and then that so that scene is also it's you know pretty prevalent there. Mm-hmm. I've always been more drawn to like subculture than culture Mm -hmm. and I hate pot culture. I do. I hate "Eh, 420, all that shit. But I do like people that have a natural – like their predisposition is toward – is like against the law. (laughs) I don't know. I just like people that – yeah. It's a little counterculture. I like people that are counterculture and a little – yeah, just like off the grid or something. They're more interesting. They're not more interesting, but I guess I don't like authority. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, you're sounds like you're not a joiner. Yeah, maybe I don't think so. Um, All my friends went to the, like a normal high school, and then I went to this arts high school that was like very weird and like artsy, mm-hmm. and I like that. So have the. Has the drug use ever been a problem though? I mean – well, I I truly think that it is possible to recreationally take drugs and no one agrees. <laughs> but I – Other people who recreationally in quotes use drugs – sorry, that was so condescending the way I just put that in quotes. <laughs> Strike the quotes. Other people who recreationally use drugs probably would agree. Yeah. Well, here's – I think that uh, – a lot of people do take it to to um, escape escape pain or something. I take it in the same way that someone plays a video game or watches a movie. Isn't everything an escape? Isn't yeah, everything? Well, video games for sure can be. And so, what's the difference between someone? And often, I'll play video games while on drugs, mm-hmm. and that's great. But uh, do you care to call out any particular game and drug combinations? Um, well, I just played Arkham City pretty stoned. I beat it, and it was like the best game experience of my life. Mm-hmm. Um but point being is we're isn't literally life is kind of a drag. It's kind of a drag. It's kind of repetitive. It's kind of just waiting to die. We know that we're going to die and we're just distracting ourselves from that fact for the yeah. most part. And you watch football games or you watch whatever. However you can distract yourself, great. And I found that in addition to video games or movies or playing drums, like which are my other favorite things to do, fucking take a pill and feel really warm and cozy and mm-hmm. sit by a fire and drink cocoa. It's a really compelling argument for yeah. drug use. Well, yeah, I think if you cannot have it get out of hand, and until until I am fired from these writing jobs and my family and friends have turned their backs on me, I, I think that I have a good grasp on it. Yeah. Which I've been doing since I was 13, 14. I'm 28 now and my life is fine. So maybe I actually do. Would people around you say that to you? That would be their assessment as well? Yeah. Yeah. My parents know I do drugs. They don't have a problem with it? Because I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean I have a friend who has been a a coke addict forever and an alcoholic and he gets into all sorts of trouble, but he's high functioning. Mm-hmm. He's able to hold down his job. He's able to be, you know, be. He he's a performer as well. And he's able to be successful um, in his personal life and just in terms of getting into 
getting into accidents and things like that. Like it's a, it's negatively affected him that sure. way. But I think that he's damaging his health. Like I just don't think you can go on like that without he's, something happening to you. I think that there's some drugs that are worse than others in terms of your alcohol. I think can ruin people. Yeah. Uh, and there's drunk driving accidents, and obviously, and you get bloated and stinky and sweaty. Right. And coke is bad because you get bad you lose your, your septum and it's bad for your heart. Yeah. And, uh, ecstasy's bad because it depletes your serotonin. And you can't be happy anymore. I don't do ecstasy because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's some that are just like Tylenol or mushrooms or just like use mushrooms like it's a trip. It is a trip. Use mm-hmm. it like a vacation. You don't go to Hawaii every week. You go to Hawaii once a year, once right. every two years. Not me. I've only been one, but you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Use it like a vacation. When you, when you have kids, do you think you'll still do it? I don't think so. I've talked about kids and that with my girlfriend, and uh, we've don't we've decided. Well, we've actually decided we're going to quit smoking cigarettes in the new year and. I'm going to begin my ascent into not doing that, not having a lifestyle like that. Are you worried about that? No. See, I think for some people um, like me, uh, my own guilt about doing anything like that was so great that I couldn't enjoy the lifestyle of using Um, – Well, plus I have a very addictive personality. I mean for me it sounds like it's very different. Like for you it sounds like – um, I'm trying to find – I'm trying to take myself out of this and just say that I think there are certain people yeah. where a new drug or a new whatever, suddenly it becomes very much all about like that thing shines brighter than anything else. And yes. maybe it's still contained. Maybe you're still only doing it at night or on the weekends or when you go out. But suddenly like there's just – I have other things in my life in that I things. love more than that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So – I care, you know, I have friends and family and a job that I like and that will always be like more know, brighter to, to me, I guess. Yeah, then That's that's um that's very healthy. <laughs> I would I love decided. to be the poster child for responsible recreational drug use. We'll make a poster. Okay. Susan 313, what's that? Susan 313 uh, was a pilot that Sarah Silverman and Dan Sterling and John Schrader wrote last year and that she cast me to star in and it was amazing and I'm thankful that she did. I still had to audition, of course. That's mm-hmm. how it goes. The character was named Harris Whittles. <laughs> so the other, someone else might have played Almost, Harris Whittles? Most of my friends auditioned for that. That's funny. Uh, I still had to test for it against two other people and finally got it. But that was like the worst three weeks of my life is like knowing that I might not get the part of Harris Whittles. Do you know who else was close to it? Yeah. I don't – I mean that's really? shitty to talk about okay. people that yeah. didn't get something. But, but uh, play <laughs> you. I mean <laughs> – uh, Yeah. I don't know. I never know what's appropriate to talk about because I – Well, everything is when you're right here on my show. <laughs> everything is on the table. It wasn't – it's uh, – whatever. There's, I do know who and I'll tell you that also. That's not as interesting. But, You're right. It's not. Yeah. And also here – this is um, it's from your Wikipedia page but it I, I was like, oh, wow. So you are known for recurring segment Harris's Foam Corner. Is that right or is this Wikipedia getting things wrong? Well, that's on 
Do you Comedy know Scott Bangman? Ackerman? Yeah. Well, I know, I know who he is. Yeah. So I do a, a segment on his show where I – when I was doing stand-up, I would punch all my jokes into my phone and the mm-hmm. ones that were too bad to do on stage, I would go on his show right. and read them off my phone and he would uh, just make fun of me for them mm-hmm. and it's just kind of this recurring yeah. thing that we do. Well, I love that because I have a segment that I haven't done in a while um, but that I used to do called Deleted Tweets mm-hmm. where I would have people share tweets that they – like things they thought of tweeting but decided not to. Right. But it's hard. The- I love that idea. That's great. Most of mine, the ones that I didn't share – uh, involve farts or things that I thought were funny but like it's just too gross. <laughs> I don't have that problem so much anymore. But the problem with that though is that oftentimes people don't save the things they thought of tweeting. You yeah, know? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. the regulars who who would come on the show this is when I had the show in New York. Um, they knew to save them, you know, but mm-hmm. it was hard to get them. But And then also you do Analyze Fish with Scott Ackerman, With Scott, right? which is also another thing where he just makes fun of me. Uh, yeah. But that's where... We have like a big brother, little brother relationship kind of. So that's where I try to get him to like the band Fish because he mm-hmm. hates them. Yeah. And then it culminated in him actually coming to New York and seeing a show with me last New Year's. And he actually had a good time. But he still doesn't like the band. Mm-hmm. But you love them. Love them. On... They're my favorite thing on the planet. Really? Yeah. It might interest you to know or mm-hmm. it might not. Um, my brother went to UVM. And oh, yeah? he – there was a time where I think – the singer left the band and my brother was in a band with them. They were called Dangerous Grapes. Wait, the singer – I think that either it was before Trey joined or he like Trey, left. Well, when they were at UVM, Trey – I don't know. Maybe it was a side project or maybe another guy. There was a guy named Jeff Holdsworth who left the band. Could have been him. No, I, th- I think it was before they were Fish. Oh, well, so when- this was in like 80 80- – Two? Yeah. Could he, it have been then? Yeah, because he – they he I say they because my brothers are twins. Um, they graduated high school in 81. Oh, so, so yeah. yeah it could have been his very freshman year easily at UVM. That's insane. Yeah. So when did – so Fish formed, what did you say, 82? Fish formed in like 82. Yeah. yeah. 83. Right. OK. So maybe it was the three. Yeah, yeah. Three. But I feel – I thought it – So you're saying your brother was in a band with Trey? No. With oh. the other guys. Trey's the singer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was he was the singer. He of, was the singer of a band that had three fourths of fish. But I think that he, there with was Mike Page and Fish. Yes. Interesting. I've never well, heard wait, of this band. Maybe no, I know. It was it was I would love to talk to your brother All or right. if you can text him and let and ask him what the happened. deal with that. I'm so okay. curious. Um Wait, but would they have been not if it was Mike Fishman? No, I really think it was when Trey was. Could they have known Trey, but then decided like not to get in a band with him, and then decide to get in a band with him? Yeah, they made. Yes, this actually could have been the case because Paige was going. Paige and I think Mike were going to UVM first, mm-hmm. and Trey was at Bennington, like a little hippie college. Yeah. and then Paige got two hundred bucks. By getting Trey to come over to UVM if if you – oh, no. I'm wrong. Switch those. Trey went from UVM to Bennington. Bennington. Well, I'll find out for you. Yeah. At Trey was kicked I out knew. of Vermont. Oh, why? For He did a really weird thing with a cow's heart and uh, he, he – Do tell. They, he went to the biology lab and got like a hand and a 
heart from a cow and he mailed it. This a is, hand this and is a apparently heart from what a cow? I what the rumor is. A hand, a human hand. And apparently he <laughs> I don't now that they I'm saying it, it sounds hand crazy. In the lab? It's, this all sounds maybe it was a fake hand and a real heart. You know, okay. like a prop hand. But sure. he mailed it to his friend that said, I gotta hand it to you, you've got you've really got heart. Wow. And apparently he got in a lot of trouble for that. I don't know if that's Doesn't true. That, it's like such a Nine Inch Nails kind of stunt, <laughs> not know. a fish stunt. They're weird. I mean, they have like six senses of humor. They yeah. are, they're not like granola hippies. Right. Yeah. So it must bother you that they're seen that way. I don't know because it leaves more room for me at their shows if people judge them and don't go see them. How many times have you seen them? Like almost 80 now, I think. How can they be your favorite thing? I love nothing more. Not even your girlfriend? Well, she's up there. How'd you meet her? Outside of a, a TV premiere event here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I was outside smoking. She was smoking with friends that we had that were mutual. I told her about a joke on Twitter. or I told the group about a joke that I tried to write. Actually, this carries back to a joke on Twitter that failed about like – I suck tits for crack or something <laughs> and then no one laughed and she laughed and then she said titties or something and I was like, oh, OK. We – you know. And then <laughs> – So romantic. It was. And then uh, she like Facebooked me that night. I was like I – was, I wonder if she has a boyfriend and she creeped on me mm-hmm. and I was like, it's on. And then we hung out the next night and then it's just been on. And you guys live together? We're nearing there. She's at my house like every night. Right. It's getting to the point where she, we probably will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I I can't decide if we should do fan phone call, the new segment, or if we should do just me or everyone. Gary, what's it going to be? I like me or everyone. He told okay. me what that Let's was. Let's do that. That sounds fun. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Jesmond says, I overfill my self-serve coffee so a bit spits out when I put the lid on every fucking time. Uh, I don't do that. I'm careful not to do that. In fact, oftentimes I will fill it um, like three quarters of the way specifically so I don't spill coffee. Yeah. You guys? You fucking idiot. Yeah. This guy's weird. I, when I, even when I order non-self-serve coffee, it's with a little room at the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do room for milk too. Yeah. But I, I understand if you want the most coffee and don't understand surface tension. Anyway. Right. Or fond of burning yourself. Yeah. Right. Surface tension. Good yeah. reference. Yeah. Um, Tyler Keene. If a banana has started going bad but still edible, I won't eat the dark spots. Is it just me? I will eat the dark spots usually because I don't feel like cutting them out, I guess. Oh, I fucking won't. I even got a Jamba Juice yesterday and there was a chunk of a dark spot of a banana and I threw the whole banana thing. Banana grossed me out. Oh, really? Gary? I, yeah, I don't like the brown parts What of the is it, the taste or the texture or the, the feeling visual. that you're – I think the visual and the, the texture. It's yeah. a little softer and dead. It feels dead. Hmm. All right. Would you rather eat a banana that's a little – Past its prime mm. or a little not yet ripe, a little unripe. Because I, I have no time for unripe bananas. A little unripe? Yeah. Yeah. I would eat, I would eat that one. Yeah. Me too. Um, very it's, unripe. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> no. Like all green? No. Yeah, no. No. That's, uh, that's like a fetal banana. But I will confess that my favorite cookie in the world is 
banana based and they have to be all brown before they can be made. What cookie is that? Uh, it's um, it's banana, uh, oats, and uh, chocolate chips and cinnamon. Oh, that sounds good. It's real. Who makes that? Like your mom, mom or something? Yeah. I don't know where the recipe came from. I think from one of my grandmothers. Banana, but it has to be old bananas. Yeah, I don't know why. So it's like I've an oatmeal cookie why, but... with chocolate chips and bananas, basically? Yeah. That okay. sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, it does sound good. Yeah, I've never asked why, but every time I, like, if I ever request them, which I don't do anymore, but when I was a kid, it was like, okay, in five days. Because she would have to go to the store, buy bananas, mm-hmm. and let them sit there. And, and it wasn't she, – she's done it recently, so it wasn't a method to get me to not eat cookies. That's just the way it has to be. <laughs> you know what? That taught you how to delay gratification, Gary. Yes, it did. It's character-building cookie <laughs> exercise. The poozer. I can never find the perfect interval for my windshield wipers. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. I, in Love general, that. have problems all the time with my windshield wipers because right now they, they leave streaks mm-hmm. and – um, now they're just leaving put- – like they're not really working is what they're doing. They're just frustrating me. I think it's time for new blades. I wanted to mention this to you after you brought this up recently on another show. If you go to Pep Boys and buy blades, I'll put them on for you. Thanks. Because you do – like it's been raining a lot. If your yeah. windshield wipers aren't working, that's not good. I know. Thank you, You think you, it's Gary. a blade problem. Thank you, Mom. I think it probably is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what else could it so be? I feel like blades are like – too weak sometimes. Yeah. Is I that the blade this or is what that I don't the, like. the Shh, power? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the sound of the blade knot. That's not. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Thank you. Um, well, I'm sorry. What were you saying though about the <laughs> blade? I don't know. I, I, I completely empathize with Poozer and you yeah. on this. I Today it was raining and on the way I was turning them off and on, off and on the whole time. And then I thought I can barely see I should turn them on. And then mm-hmm. it's that – problem again. and then do you uh sometimes after it stops raining they're still on yes and you, you forget that it's not raining anymore yes i'll go a whole fucking day with that mm-hmm. where there's just we've had we've had we get a lot of windshield wiper just smear everyone's and someone wrote in and said that they'll realize they've left their oh i maybe okay what i was gonna say is they said they think they realize they've left their windshield wipers on and then they'll feel like their parents and like feel stupid maybe it's that they realize they left their turn signal on mm. i was wrong i missed probably turn signal pardon it me. Was i get signal. so angry at people that do that and then you're the person that he was worried about yeah. offending but then you do it yourself and you go yeah. oh and now i get how that person right. did it hoist on my own petard right ethan chapman apparently people lean over but i stand up to wipe my butt just me or everyone Okay. That's psychotic. Ethan is psychotic. Sometimes I'll do it. Sometimes I do it. <laughs> I listen. Sometimes I do it. I don't really know why. I just get I maybe I get tired of sitting or it's I feel like you can like, get it's kind of a different angle. That's cleaner for you. You're a girl. Yeah. I think girls have cleaner shits than guys. You can't have whatever's happening. You mean cuz they just can't be as gross and dirty as yours? Yeah, there's just no what way. What percentage of your shits are like Oh my God! I'm gonna be wiping for hours, or I gotta take a shower. Right, right. Or you no one to, to hold them, no one to walk away, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 There's it's I listen. I have a terrible diet. Right. Well, I, you're avoiding the brown bananas. Yeah, but I just eat like I don't know what I'm putting in my body. It's not vegetables often. I don't know what's happening. I never know what's gonna happen. It's a crapshoot, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you, I'd say I get into some real dangerous territory, like once every five times. 
I, I, I mean, I would have to know the frequency with which you're going to know whether that's a, a bad <laughs> ratio. Well, you go once a day. Who doesn't go once a day? Some people – not everyone goes once a day. That's unhealthy. You should go once a day. Some people go more than once a day. Oh. I imagine. That becomes unhealthy it feels like. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You Wait. You guys are like clock, clockwork just once a day? Yeah, pretty much. Same time every day? I, if I can help it. 420. That's good. <laughs> Uh, all right. J16, is it just me? I love guessing what time it is when I wake up on days off before looking at the clock. That's just you. I don't do that. But it seems like something I would do because I like to find little games around everything, yeah. especially numbers. But I don't do that one. I do it. I love it. And I'm pretty good at it. Really? Mm-hmm. I do like to – like um, if I go somewhere with someone – like shopping or something, and I hate shopping, but this is just an example of somewhere where we're sort of away from staring at a clock. Mm-hmm. I'll say, okay, what time do you think it is? Great. I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. That's tons of fun. Do you think you have a good internal clock? Uh, it's kind of – it's just okay. Mm. It's not great. Mm. Are you – well, yeah, you were late today. Yeah, I was. <laughs> um, nah, but that wasn't because – Between your shitty clock internally and your windshield wipers, I'm surprised you got here when you did. You so. know, I'm not usually <laughs> super late. You were 2 minutes late. I'm I'm, I'm usually I'm usually I'm earlier your balls. I know. I'm just I just want the listeners to know. Okay. I don't know why I do. I just <laughs> enjoy sharing things about myself. Is she usually on time? Should I be honest? Yeah, you can be honest. She's been in a downward slide lately. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It started for What's a long going time? on you with know you? What? Uh, the shows, Are you on drugs? No, the shows have been earlier and earlier. That's what's been happening. I'm sorry, but 4 p.m. is not justification for being late. <laughs> yeah. Today's show was at 2 p.m. This was two. You should. I mean, make I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not criticizing you, and you're never more than like two minutes late. Yeah. But there was a time where you were showing up an half hour, an hour half hour, 45 minutes early. I know. And now it's more like uh, you're cutting it within five minutes. I don't want to turn into Adam. And, and that's fine. It's not. It's not a problem. He's late. But you're not allowed to use He's the exactly on time. Oh. You're not allowed to use the the shows are getting later and later excuse when it's a 4 p.m. or a 2 p.m. show. I don't think. All right. But I also don't have – I don't have a problem with you showing up late. Listen, Just this saying. was an important conversation to have. On the air? Yeah. I know. You know, now, see, Gary, I almost called you on my way in to tell you I was going to be two minutes late <laughs> and also to go over those things that I wanted to talk about when we got here. But you know what stopped me aside from my hatred of the phone? It specifically was I don't want – like that. that's a real Adam move because Adam is always like – He'll be there at 59 if – I don't normally refer to time that way, but apparently I do right now. I, be love, there at, I get what you mean. Yeah, 59. Yeah. And he calls on his way in. Mm-hmm. And I did. I felt like it was just real like Animal Farm. Well, I appreciate it. If I were it. to be be like, now I'm the boss, <laughs> you know? I appreciate it, but don't, don't, let, that ha- don't let that fear okay. uh, dissuade you again because at least for me, the beef with Adam calling in on the way is that Adam calls in and is requesting things to be done that could have been – Right. That he could have told me to yeah. do three hours ago. With you, it was like you just wanted to go over things that needed to be verbally discussed in person. Right. Or, right. or just verbally discussed, rather. It didn't yeah. have to be in person. So You're right. if you ever want to call me on the way in again, that's fine. Feel free. But uh, it was fine. Me and Harris just hung out and we're talking fantasy football for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Okay. Cornelius Perry. I read books while I'm going to the bathroom, but they are cookbooks. Who? No. I. I well, you know what, though? If I'm like uh, – the. I think it would ruin some I dishes I could imagine 
See, I, I think I could do it. Like there, this is here's this is disgusting. There okay. was a time where, where if I was snacking on something, I wouldn't have been able to go to the bathroom at the same time. Now it's not as if I would bring a snack into you the bathroom. Can, uh-huh. But let's say I still had like a bite of something in my mouth that you wouldn't can go stop into the me. Bathroom yeah, and start. I did. I but it used to be like hell no. There when used you to be go a real to great uh, divide. do you drink? Um, very rarely. Oh, but okay. I used to drink a lot. Well, if you go to a bar, can you bring? A drink into the bathroom. Oh yeah, you? Oh, I I can't do that. Really? Well, where do you put it? I I either have to finish it or I leave it with a friend. I can't bring an, a drink into a place where there's those particles floating around. Yeah, and getting into my drink. Right. Yeah, I made peace with that a long time ago. But I remember um, when I worked at I worked at Time Out in New York when I lived in New York, mm-hmm. and people would always stand in line for the bathroom holding a drink, and then they'd go in with it, and I thought. That's weird. Yeah. Because I would feel Im- like I'm just going to enjoy my Diet Coke in the bathroom. I would feel weird about it. I Yeah. You're right yeah. to feel weird. OK. Dinsmore 16. Is it just me or everyone? When I'm in a semi-empty parking lot after dark, all I can think of is the famous Back to the Future scene. It's not me. It's not me. Nope. Right. Max the Guru. I wake up five minutes before my alarm is supposed to go off and I still opt to stay in bed until it rings. Absolutely. Yes. I can wake up and I have to pee so bad, but I will not I will not squander those five extra minutes. I will suffer. Absolutely. My whole day so is thrown off and I'm like, oh, I could have gotten those extra five yeah. minutes. I don't feel like myself for the rest of the day. Yeah. Now, do you do the thing where you press snooze a whole lot? Oh, yeah, I yeah, do yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I started to do the thing where I just press snooze into I'm just 30 minutes late to work now. It's gotten out of hand. I'll mm-hmm. just snooze for an for hours. But will you do it will you get your extra hour of sleep in 9 minute increments cuz that's what yes. I do. Yeah. It's horrible. It's it is awful. Um but now I worried a little bit when I moved in with my boyfriend that it's going to be a problem cuz we both do that and if there's one thing I don't want it's to wake up every 9 minutes while he presses snooze for an hour when, mm-hmm. but each of us have only done it like once so That's good. Yeah. We're both late to You're everything. You're a good but... match. Thank you. You too. Um a good sleep match. Sleep matching is important. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't Okay. He snores. I snore. Well, you guys would be a good match then. <laughs> How does your girlfriend feel about this? She is fine with it and loves it. You sure? Well, we're still nascent in our relationship. Right. And you're both on drugs probably, so <laughs> it makes it easier. She says it's like a baby bear. Oh, I'm going to try to look at it that way because that is awfully cute. <laughs> All right. Bryant Rich. If I grab something out of the dishwasher and then realize it's not what I wanted, I put it back instead of putting it away. Um... God, I'm pretty sure I do that. I will um, I will unload a dishwasher part way and then I'll leave the rest for later and I think yeah. – and then I actually have the thought, this is why I'm not an effective human being. Like I feel intense amounts of sh- – lately I've been feeling a lot of shame over my inability to like just do something because mm-hmm. I like just do a tiny bit and then don't go all the way. Like I will clean the shower but not all the way. Sure. I don't know why I do that. You know why? Because I don't want to bend over and get in there and do stuff with – like I, we have, I swept the stairs. There's still dust in the corners. Right. You'll never get that. Yeah. Do you fill your car tank up all the way? That I do because if there's one thing I hate, it's going to the gas station. So Right. It. Right. So spend an extra 10 seconds instead of yes. going twice. Yeah. But, but I don't – we have one of those Keurig coffee machines where you fill the water yeah, likewise. thing. Yeah, likewise. I, Water just sits in mine for ages. 
Oh, see, I won't fill it up all the way because it we have a so we have a refrigerator that has one of those things where you push it and the water comes out uh-huh. on the door uh-huh. and the water comes out really slowly. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't want to stand there forever. I mean, so you just literally forever. Right. Yeah. So I just fill it up enough so that my boyfriend won't be like, why is it blinking? <laughs> right. Right. So he has to fill it. Yeah. So he has to build. He's building these lamps. He's building a lamp. He's filling the water. Filling the, the water. Machines. He definitely takes the trash out more Taking frequently the trash than I out. do. What What do you contribute? Do you cook? Um. You know what? I put his dinner in the microwave for him yesterday. Okay. I, start, I got it started. Oh, and I lifted. I peeled the film back. Are you nurturing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're very nurturing. I like to think I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't cook very much. Yeah, but just but like, in terms of right. uh, you'll hold his head into your bosom and pat it and say, "How was your day, Bubby?" I wipe his butt for him. Sometimes. That's lovely. Standing yeah. up, standing. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. I don't detail his ass while standing. <laughs> that, I feel like that suggests something else entirely. Yeah. Oh, you I got to detail that ass. Yeah, I, I have. Keep your man, ladies. Detail that ass. <laughs> I have it just me or everyone. Uh, <laughs> Which is I don't wake up in a great mood. Is yeah. that just me or Morning everyone? Morning people are fucking psychopaths. Okay, I hate them. I don't. I'm trying to think if I know any. Hate. True. It's not, it's not everyone or just you. This is one of those fifty fifties. I think. Yeah. yeah. I think all three of us are on the same page that fuck those people. But like, mm-hmm. one of my best friends, like, is up at five every morning. Yeah. And like fucking ready to go. Yeah. yeah. I don't if get he doesn't it. have anything to do, he'll like he'll just go to the beach and just sit there. Some people like, just don't need a lot of sleep. Does what time does he go to sleep? He goes to sleep to your question. Like ten or eleven, but like he's he's not getting nine hours of sleep. It's not like he's you know, right. crashing out at nine. Right. He's just he gets you know, he goes to sleep earlier than almost everyone else I know, but even if he goes to sleep at two, he's up at like six thirty and he's like, Ugh, fucking wasted two wasted hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, The times dude. that I have gotten up that early and it's all quiet and peaceful, I do like it, but not enough to actually It's great if you don't have do to it. actually start your day. Yes. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. I would like to get up at four and just have me time. Yeah. And then go back to sleep. Exactly. Because <laughs> the morning can be nice and peaceful. Yes. But if you have to fucking go to work. Right. Mm-hmm. It is weird on days where – like I've had jobs um, – you know, where I have to be there really super early and then you look at your watch and it's like 9.30 a.m. and you've been doing a whole bunch of stuff all day. And it's, that is a weird feeling to me to be thinking – most yeah. people are just getting That's going right feeling. now. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually a tired feeling though for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Let's see. Oh, you know what? Let's play our closing Just Me or Everyone song, which I love. So I did um, my show live at LA Podcast Festival with uh, Greg Proops and Doug Benson and that – episode is a premium bonus content episode uh, for sale in the iTunes store for uh, $1.99 now. But anyway, um, they uh, lampooned this segment quite a bit. I'm surprised it still exists. Mm-hmm. They um, they beat it within an inch of its life. But okay. it's entertaining. But anyway, Greg Proop, they were dismayed with the lack of closing songs, so they invented their own. And Greg Proop sang a little song at the end of Just Mirror Everyone. Here's an excerpt from the song. Is it me? Is it everyone that has neurotic compulsions that compel them to tweet in the middle of the night when no one else is asleep? And yet I feel that Allison can totally relate to these neurotic fucking musings of mine. 
It's an endless song that starts again right now. Is it me or is it everyone? It's so good. It's, it didn't even feel like you made it up now. I believe that it Thank exists. You. There's pudding and it scares me. There's lights and they're afraid. There's a chicken on my stoop and there's a robin in the yard and there's a fucking thing that happened the other day when I was in my car. Maybe we should just cut it down to the pudding and chicken part, but then we lose much of the melody. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah. So are you still in a band? Were mm-hmm. you in a band? Yeah, I'm in a band. What's your band? Don't Stop or We'll Die. Mm-hmm. And what do you guys sound like? Mm, it's kind of like Ben Foldsy a little bit. Do you play a lot? three-piece. Around a lot? We used to, but during uh, – one of us writes for Rest Development and I write at part. Like we all have weird hours mm-hmm. and so it's hard. But we love it, and we have two albums out. Go on iTunes, guys. Yeah, yeah, guys. <laughs> I used to play drums. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you keep your drums? In my house. Really? I have the... a music room. Oh, yeah. with all the with the foam and the acoustic, yeah, yeah, whatnots yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I went all out because I love it, and I want to be able to play it two in the morning if I yes. want. Yes, that okay. That'll be my goal. That's something I can work towards someday. To have enough everything that I could have that. I've been saying we should get a drum set in this studio because mm-hmm. there's tons of space. There's a lot of space. But I don't know if we're ever going to do it. That'd I be still great. think we should though. Um, it's in a good area for that. You mm-hmm. would never get a complaint ever. I know. Yeah. What, Gary? I've always thought that that was a joke. You're, you're serious about that? Oh, yeah. I'm totally serious. You want to get a drum set yeah. for a fucking recording studio? <laughs> Are you well, crazy? Well, put it that way, it doesn't make sense. There's plenty of time that we're not recording. That we're here? Yeah. Well, not all of it. I mean, it doesn't have to be a communal activity, although it would be fun if we each just hit one drum. Not really. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, late at night when literally... everyone leaves, if I were to go play drums or something, who, who would- You could uh, make this a recording studio. That's a, that's a fair point. For bands. We could. I don't think we want to be around bands. That's true. But, you know. Yeah, I feel – because like Chris will play his guitar late at night or something. Just saying there's plenty of time that there's not everyone here. That's true. Thank you. Okay. Um, Now I can't decide. My new thing is being indecisive on the air. I used to try to keep that in my – No, that's cool. I think it's honest. I think – I feel like I've always been indecisive, but usually I try to be a little more decisive on air, Gary. Do you disagree? You can disagree. It's okay. You can disagree. No, I don't know. You could be right. So well, now, what are you deciding I'm, between? Now I'm deciding between the segment, Hey, Go Fuck Yourself, hearing Gary's Joanne's Fabrics story, or fan phone call. I'm going to rule out fan phone call because um, just because it's – I just feel like it's not going to happen on this show. Um, but <laughs> But you guys – we're bringing back the fan phone call segment. So if you want us to call you, it could happen anytime, by the way. Uh, send, email your phone number, and we won't do anything weird with it, to A-R-I-Y-N-B-F at AdamCrolla.com. And that's Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Again, we probably won't do anything weird with your phone number except maybe call you on it. And if you have a landline, that would be preferable. Yeah, send that number. Um, yeah, so should we do uh, – let's just do Hey, Go Fuck Yourself. Hey, hey. Okay, I need to find the um, comment I want to respond to. Do you know about this segment, Harris? Yeah, Gary told me a little bit. Do you have now? Do you have anything that you want to um, contribute? No pressure if you don't. Um, no, I've gotten a lot of hateful comments on Twitter, I guess, but nothing specific. Mm -hmm. Does it bother you? 
yes, it does. I've gotten into big fights with um, like teenage girls on the Oh No They Didn't Live Journal blog. I don't even know what Oh No They Didn't is. I, I like wrote a joke about Coney when it was happening. And oh, they no, leaked you didn't. a story that was like Parks and Rec writer is racist. And then I was like, I'm not fucking racist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, now I know what Oh No You Didn't yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I think Gary had a question. Uh, yeah. Do you get hate on Twitter as as twiddles or on Humblebrag? Or oh, both. 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 Plenty, what are, what plenty. are people hating on Humblebrag for? Uh, well, we understand why they're hating on you, but why well, Humblebrag? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, a lot of people don't. Uh, well, actually, a lot of people that I Humblebrag, they end up getting hate tweets, and I feel bad for that mm. more so. Like, yeah, when I Humblebrag a girl and then everyone's like you cunt and I'm like take it easy this yeah. is just like a fun thing you don't have to be that harsh but then for me I get a lot of people that are like that's not a humble brag you're wrong and I'm like I I, I know what you don't know what it is yeah I, you I define it, it so yeah fuck you, man sometimes people will accuse me of humble brag bragging and it's like no I I'm <laughs> bragging that's what I do that the way that I I think conceal my thing is just to go over the top with it. Right. It's still the same false hey, I, thing, I, I but like at least more. I'm yeah, at least I'm sort of not um like what I don't like and actually Julia Allison, you know, she's in your book, right? She she used to do this all the time. <laughs> um and I know her so I feel bad saying this but not that bad. She would always post a photo of her and someone famous and just be like, "I'm with so and so." Um, you know, how is she so beautiful? Or like just these huge glowing comments about right. the other person. Right. She's uh, like super into humble brag, I will say. Yeah, she's and perhaps it's right. because I used to retweet her a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's her way of of saving face. Or oh, something. she's super into the book and you mean she thinks it's funny. she used to be just into humble bragging and then the Twitter account she got super into and would always write and ask for interviews and and such. Ask for interview, like oh, like she would want to interview you. Yeah. For what? I don't know. Did you ever do it? No. Okay, that explains why you don't know what it was for then. <laughs> Interesting. But, I but uh, yeah, I think it's like one of those things where you join. She felt like picked on or something. Yeah. And you join the side of that, right? And then right, which is right. That's the best. I love that. You know, instead of her being mean about it, she was like, yeah, I can't believe it's I hate humble brags, too. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Anyway, here here's um, this came in on my uh, iTunes comment feed for the podcast. Um, Wow. This is a first. Right. For me to take. Yeah, I think it might be actually for me to take it from here. It actually really bought it. um, It. uh, not that I'm going to give them the power, so it didn't really bother me. I'm just going to read it anyway. Uh, listen closely. I did, and I'm done with dot, 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 because I'm reading on my phone. So who knows what it actually said? One star. I've listened to several Allison Rosen is your new best friend podcasts, and I just can't do it anymore. On the podcast, Allison reads nice comments about herself that she begged people to write, which is unfunny and self-centered. Allison tells those that criticize her or don't think she is funny to go F themselves and has told producer Gary on air that those who quote that those people, quote, just don't understand my sense of humor. I don't think I've ever said that. First of all, there's that's just. False. You don't read comments that people have written to you. That's right. You read I them. Do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, 
which is so uh, has told producer Gary on air that those people just don't understand my sense of humor, which is insulting to her audience. It doesn't appear that she does much much research on her guests based on her questions. That's just patently false. Uh, she interrupts people frequently and consistently steps on other people's jokes. She can also be mean and hurtful to people. When Elizabeth Lame was on Allison Rosen's You Best Friend, Allison made a joke about Elizabeth's dead cat, which died just a few days prior to the podcast. You could almost feel Elizabeth's sadness about Allison's comment. On Miss Movie's podcast, Allison broke the news of Miss Movie's pregnancy to her listeners rather than letting M.M. do it herself. Um, okay. Oh, listen, moron. I appreciate that you're following me around the Internet, but Miss Movies was, I think, like eight months pregnant and she could have edited it. I don't remember what I said, but she could have edited it out. Go fuck yourself. Uh, When Jesse Thorne was on the show, Allison asked about his baby. And when he answered, she criticized Jesse for being, quote, that guy that always talks about his baby, making Jesse defensive. I originally had a feeling Allison was not a nice person in November of 2011. (laughs) This, it's crazy. Uh, when she stated on the Adam Carolla podcast that she felt sorry for Coach Jerry Sandusky when he was arrested. I believe her reason was something about hey, him being. Hey, hey, go fuck yourself. I'm sorry. I'm done. That, I know that my response you want, should be thank you for listening. Go fuck yourself. But anyway, uh, I believe her reason was something about him being a human being, too, and him looking sad. Adam's podcast is also becoming increasingly difficult to listen to because of Allison. I wanted to like Allison Rosen as your new best friend. Really? But given all I have heard of Allison and the way she treats people, I have no desire to listen to her on any podcast. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. That was long. It's really long. It's... I, um, this is might be one of those like don't poke the bear things because this person obviously is kind of obsessed. Yeah, they're gonna hear this. Yeah, I know. I also think it's probably someone that you've like hurt in real life at some point. It was like too much. That was weird. Yeah. That well, the thing is, <laughs> it bothers me because obviously, and I think anyone who listens to this knows the idea that I've done all these things to hurt all these people and that I didn't know about it. Like that really gets to me because I do pride myself on being a considerate person but every single thing he mentioned like i was in the room and people have listened and that's not what happened do you remember the elizabeth thing not i do what did i say i know that i did make a joke but you made a joke about her cat, and it turned out that it had died. It wasn't like she had oh, laid it oh, out really? there, and then okay. you made a joke. So, yeah, it was fuck innocent. That. That's insane. It was. Listen, the, I, every guest that I that think that maybe she had said it, and then I is a callback. I think. I think after, it was. A, yeah, it was like. A, okay. But the original way you found out was you were making a joke or saying something about her cat, and then she revealed oh. that it had just died. Oh yeah, so then, oh, yeah. Like, Thirty minutes hear, later, right. and you could hear the sadness. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It was. It right. Every specific guest that this person referenced left here so happy and yeah. so thankful to be on like mm-hmm. you can sense if somebody's uncomfortable there have been maybe not on this show but on shows that we work on, on this network right. there have been guests who have left unhappy yeah it's not no, hard no, to it's tell. never been this show i, don't, I, don't, I can't think of no, a time it's been this either. show that's it's... my thing i've made people comfortable <laughs> <laughs> well those specific guests have all left like glowing yes. like so happy like yeah yeah, yeah that's right that she's unhappy that person's very unhappy i think it's a probably a guy it's interesting. You think I it's think a it's she? a girl. Yeah. And the yeah, it's actually you know who dislikes me most. I've noticed a pattern. Uh, it's men. You know Gary. No, I was going to say me. Oh, it's Gary. <laughs> it's been a pattern. No, it's um, men who have just had babies. 
for some reason, like a lot. And I don't know what it is. I think it's that if you just had a baby, um, you have a lot of time on the computer maybe. Okay. I I don't know. It's really weird because I always think like who is taking the time to do this? You know why I thought that was a – it, there was a lot of stuff about feelings and and hurting people's feelings. Yeah, it seemed like guy, oh, like okay. a guy wouldn't be so tuned in to like you hurt Elizabeth Lame's. I don't right, know. it seemed like girls. right. Maybe it seemed girly, it seemed catty. Maybe I, I don't, don't know. know why I, w- I think it's a guy offhand. It's interesting. But I thought it was too. Yeah. As for the Sandusky thing, Jesus Christ! Like that is totally misunderstanding what I had said, and I stopped saying anything along those lines because I realized that I can't articulate what I'm trying to say. All I was trying to say was initially when he was arrested, I thought you could tell that he is so deluded that he does not understand what he did was wrong. Mm -hmm. It seemed to me. And there's something on a human level that is like tragic about that. In no way do I think that we should excuse. I think he's, a monster and horrible and yes, all of that. In no way am I trying to excuse any of it. I was just saying. Oh, I I, like, I I feel inherently sad that like for people whose sexual proclivities, like their instinct, yes, is happens to be something illegal. Right. If if you know, lucky I like girls and I like having sex with girls who are of age. Who are of age. But what if your yes. true internal There's, desire? Right. You're trapped in your body. It is. Yeah. It is. There's Fucked something – like from – I was an English major. If, we, if This is literature. If you're looking at it that way, there's something just tragic about it. But I right. can feel – I've talked about this before. Like a problem I have is that I can feel sympathy or empathy for anyone, sure. people that I shouldn't. Like I'm sure that I could – you know, if I met Hitler and heard of whatever. Like someone can just tell me – that's a bad example. It's an obvious well, he's and supposed, yet bad I mean, he, example. He probably would have been charming. I mean, right. he, he did pretty okay for himself. People yeah. liked him. Right. Yeah. He was stirring. He was charming. He liked art. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But just in general, it's hard for me. I don't like Sandusky or Hitler. To, I need to yes, say that now very quickly. That, yeah. And I want to say that I also <laughs> don't. So anyway, but yeah, like I said, I realize that my response to this should be Thanks for listening. Like, sorry, you're a moron. But instead, it's just like, ugh. I don't enjoy the feeling of being that misunderstood. Like, right. the idea – and that's just the kind of thing where, like, you could wave to someone and they can be like, why are you flipping me off? And it's like, oh. Like, it's just – this is almost like semiotics. Right. It's like someone can interpret a gesture or a word or however they want and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so go fuck yourself. Hey, hey. Go fuck yourself. Well, Harris Whittles, thank you so much for doing this show. Thank you for having me. This um, was great. It was fun. Wasn't it, though? Mm-hmm. It's much better than you expected, probably. Absolutely. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be horrible. Right. So it's actually not hard to, to, be, yeah. to beat that. Well, it's good that you had your low yeah. expectations. Yes, 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 yes. Um, now, where, where can everyone find you and where should they go? And I would plug say everything. your priorities now, people, should just be going to buy the Humble Brag book. And then also watch Parks and Rec on Thursday at 8.30 starting in January. And they can follow you on Twitter at Twitter at Twiddles or at Humblebrag. Okay. And if you're going to buy the book, you could buy it on – I mean or if you're going to buy something else on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, why not click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com, and then that helps out the show and it doesn't cost you anything extra. And don't forget to look for the bonus episode of my show in the uh, iTunes comedy album section for $1.99. And I love you guys. 
And um, I think that might be it for now. And I will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? and Rosen Show.